The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The revolution with Jim and Trev is a movement. Believe me, this is no joke. A movement continuously gaining momentum. This is something that could affect you the rest of your life. It's getting louder. Let's crank it up! And bigger. Be prepared for any situation that may arise. You're terrible. It's what the outdoors is all about. I was on track. Really? Then I veered off. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trav. Are you going to keep saying that? Is that like your catchphrase now? Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Hunting itself that you are opposed to in all forms. Is that, would that be right? I mean, we're not living in the pioneer times where, for some reason, people were sustaining themselves. Yeah, I mean, the appeal is, is very simple. I mean, it's a, it's a deeply personal thing. You know, for a lot of us, it starts out as a, you know, as a child, you're a parent or, you know, a friend takes you out to experience the outdoors. For people that have never experienced that, I can understand why there's just confusion. They don't understand just the beauty of it. You're just talking about hunting in Hunting in general, Henry. yeah. You know, so, and it's about getting our own food, which has always been a tradition in my family and many others, you know, knowing where that food comes from. That's an exciting thing to see a movement here now in the United States where people are more interested in that type of thing. So that's good for hunting. The stats show that of the nation's 13 million hunters, 10 million of them pursue big game. Cheaply deer and that the whitetail reigns supreme. In fact, 83% of all hunters pick deer as their animal of choice. Such not so surprising facts also point to the economic value of big game hunting in general and deer hunting in particular. Because of the 22 billion spent by hunters in the U.S. annually, 18 billion is directed towards big game again, mostly deer and the whitetail. I didn't think you were going to get through that. I, that yeah, was that tough. Was, that was a tough one. That's get, incredible. That much money is directed at deer. I mean, oh, I thought, talk no, about it. No, I thought that at was, the production of that segment. Yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> I actually got that out. All right, so we're getting a jump start to the 2016 deer season on today's show. We don't let our hair grow long and shaggy. I just can't believe it. Like the hippie non-deer hunters out in uh, San Francisco do. Actually, add a little extra there. <laughs> Thank you, Merle. You know you what? are the hag. God bless Merle Haggard. <laughs> Merle Haggard. He just brutalized I'm his a, song. If he wouldn't have died, he would have died when he heard that. That's right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, so jump starts to the 2016 deer season on today's show. You guys are here. I haven't killed you yet. Not that's, yet. Uh, that's a blessing. All right, so we're actually going to... early, though. Yeah, we're actually going to be joined by Lee Lakoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Make sure you watch it Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. He's going to do a doubleheader with us. Yeah. Mr. Lee's pretty cool. Also, Freddie Hartice, the Hollywood. Hunter. Uh, that is from Sportsman Channel. Make sure you watch it. He's going to be joining us as well. And Dr. Grant Woods of Growing Deer TV. Great guys, all of them. Great guys, all of them. And you're a great gal, Mrs. Bunny. What are you going to be talking about? I've got some um, deer updates from across the country, guys. And she has a frog in her throat. I do. And it's brought to you by Nissan. Mrs. Bunny once killed a deer by choking it out. <laughs> she also invented aluminum foil. 
Unicorns and the evolution of telling time. Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by Nissan. Hi, Mrs. Bunny, that sounds like a man. Take it away. Uh, Colorado. While most of Colorado experienced a mild winter, sections of the Northeast didn't. So heavy snow blocked the winter forage for mule deer, elk, and pronghorns, and many were found by wildlife officials stuck in the deep snow. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Did they pull them out? Well, big game animals are on starvation diets, like you know, you know, starting in December, and there's really no comparison or substitute for summer forage, and that means that the mortality rate can be high for older or younger animals, particularly deer, fawns, and elk calves who don't have the ability to survive the deep snow and bitter cold. I could benefit from a starvation diet. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that. In, just go to McDonald's then. In fact, oh, uh, yeah. wildlife officials in Colorado anticipate the death of nearly 60% of the fawns. Holy crap, seriously? Yeah, a fact due to the heavy snowfall that blankets the area. On Are the, you for real? Yeah, on average, that northeast region gets about four feet of snow, but in certain elevations reach up to seven, and the Steamboat Springs uh, Ski Resort report 30 feet this winter. 30 feet? That's a lot of snow. That's a lot of snow. So, um, Colorado, hoping for a good season. Yeah. Lost, lost a lot of fawns, but hoping for a good season now with the spring thaw on the way. That's brutal. Holy cow. Uh, Louisiana. Um, the explosion of feral hogs is threatening the deer population um, by uh, spreading disease, dominating the food chain, and on occasion even killing and eating the fawns that are out there. Um, Louisiana estimates there's 700,000 wild hogs there, and hunters and wildlife officials say they're taking a, uh, a really bad toll on the white-tailed deer. They're in the marshes, they're in the beaches of Louisiana, all the way up to the hills and the piney woods and swamps. They're in every single habitat of the state, making it really difficult for deer to maintain uh, their habitat. Oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the hogs carry a lot of diseases, which infect or kill other animals, including deer, as well as humans, too. Um, what if we released Bengal tigers? I think oh, so. that's a good idea. In heavy you know? hog-populated areas. It would, <laughs> the hogs would be fine. Just kill the people. <laughs> they would kill the leopards. But you know it would be something different. <laughs> <laughs> a new invasive species? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Okay, yeah. Bengal tigers. Uh, their presence is detrimental to the land, forcing wildlife officials. Um, they're carrying out aerial gunning in certain areas because they're tearing up the marsh. And That's awesome. To coastal erosion and all that stuff. So yep. Louisiana, deer population hurting because of hogs. Feral hogs. Uh, Utah, finally. The Mule Deer Foundation announced that it's providing over $1.1 million for habitat projects and mule deer research in Utah. Um, the funding is generated from the sale of the Utah Conservation Permits, or Governor's Tags, and the money raised from 200 big game tag drawings held at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City in February. So this money is um, going to go to um, programs like um, habitat improvement, removal of encroaching pinion pines and juniper, development of water resources, um, fencing freeways to eliminate uh, deer vehicle collisions, a bunch of other things. In the meantime, though, it's not just helping the deer. It's helping, you know, elk and antelope and moose and turkey and sage grouse and everything up there that um, Utah has to offer I, for wildlife. I thought you were going to say it benefited from the sale of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona <laughs> bought it so they could impose their time standards on them. You're, you don't have to change your clocks, people. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, they it. say, is Utah the new Arizona? Yeah, yeah that's right. what they, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing there. Is that it? That's it, guys. Oh, man, you left us wanting more. I know. Jimbo, you want to add anything to this? Well, the only thing I was thinking that, you know, you were talking about all the different uh, species that are actually benefiting from what the 1.1 million that the Mule Deer Foundation is doing. Oh, yeah. But, you know, all of the uh, conservation efforts from 
Pheasants Forever and Ducks Unlimited and so forth. There's a lot of cross uh, There really uh, help, is. Yeah. Which is really, really great. So when you give the one, you're really giving to the other, which I I have to uh, commend everyone who is a part of any one of those conservation organizations. You know, while their name might imply, let's say, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Quality Deer Management, uh, Pheasants Forever, whatever. Ducks like you're Unlimited, saying. Everything. I like yeah. the I like the Rocky Mountain Elephant Foundation. <laughs> there is a lot <laughs> up in the Rockies. Yes. Uh <laughs> Maybe not a lot, but <laughs> um, but no, you, you're exactly right. What they're doing, sure, it improves habitat for everything. For everything, yeah. whether it is big game or ground nesting birds, um, or even twee twee tree dwelling twees. <laughs> we just need to stop and go to a break. <laughs> uh, anyways, you know, go go check out um, Mule Deer Foundation. Yeah. Thank you. Tell right. Miles Moretti we said hi. All right, so you know, th- this was a total bust, but you know what? Hopefully, Lee Lakoski he is coming up next. He's going to redeem the whole show. I mean, he is a miracle worker, but I don't know if he can do that. Can he say twee? <laughs> uh, Lee Lukoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany. It's Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. He is coming up next, and he's sticking around for a two-parter, so don't go anywhere. Mrs. Bunny, you're awesome. Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. Yeah, we love you so much. You're, you're going to come back at the close, right? You bet. All right, so big shout-out, though, to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Nissan, Remington, Cabela's, High Mountain Jerky, Silencer Shop, a whole bunch of great people. All right, Lee Lukoski. Is coming up next. We're getting a jump start to the 2016 deer season. Isn't that right, Jimbo? That's right, and we'll be back right after this. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You could follow the boys on Twitter. However, every time Jim sends out a tweet, he shoots it out of the sky. Stick around. The Revolution will continue next. I'm just as good as these guys. When will I get my chance to prove it? Your chance is now. American Marksman is a nationwide series of target shooting competitions designed to give you your big break. Think you've got what it takes to take home $50,000? Visit ammarksman.com to register today. That's ammarksman.com. American Marksman. Are you the one? This is the sound of the Cummins V8 turbo diesel in the new 2016 Nissan Titan XD. This is the sound of the Titan flexing its 310-horsepower muscle. And its gooseneck hitch hooking up a massive trailer. This is the Titan's 550-pound-feet of torque, effortlessly towing over 12,000 pounds of boat, horse, pipeline, or RV. This is the sound inside the Titan's luxurious cabin as the six-speed transmission puts the power to the road and the fully boxed steel frame gives a smooth, solid ride. This is the sound of the Titan XD being named 2015 Truck of Texas by the Texas Auto Riders Association. And this is you opening the window for some real music from that Cummins diesel. That is the sound of the new Nissan Titan XD, the every-duty truck. Nissan, innovation that excites. Tow package and Cummins diesel engine are available features. See Nissan towing guide and owner's manual for proper use. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and distribution. Always secure all cargo. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Spring is in full swing, and we're focused on deer and planting for the future. Now a two-part interview with Lee Lakoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany. This is part one. 
Hey, we're back. Before the break, we heard from Mrs. Bunny. And boy, she talked about, what about all those deer? Lots of stuff. Yeah. We're going to jumpstart <laughs> to the 2016 deer season. You know, actually, I just need a jump rope. <laughs> uh, just now being joined by Lee Likoski. Make sure you watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Uh, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You know, th- this is really hard for me. Um, you remember the last time we talked with Lee? I cried. He, he looked right in my eyes and he says, I love you. Travis? I don't love you like I loved you. Oh my gosh. Yester. Hey, no, Travis! I don't love you! I am very, very sorry. <laughs> so I got a little carried away with that. Yeah, and then they carried uh, him away. We're just now being joined by Ali Lagoski once again from Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Uh, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern you Time. You get into this stuff, uh, don't I you? I do, sorry. <laughs> um, all right, on Outdoor Show. Now, Lee, you know, we're talking during the break. Uh, people tell us all the time, tell you guys, too. Um, why not shoot a two-year-old buck? If I don't shoot him, he's going to go next door. Somebody else is going to pop. He eats like a four-year-old buck. Yeah, somebody else is going to pop a cap in him. Plus, I never see uh, big deer on my property. But the problem is, if you don't have anything on your property to hold the deer, you're never going to have them. And so you have to have a bedroom. It's just like building a house. You have to have a bedroom. You have to have a kitchen. You got to have a potty. I don't know about the potty. <laughs> go anywhere. Um, but you have to make it conducive for wildlife, so more or less for habitat. We need to be land managers, don't we, Lee? Well, pretty much. I think so. And, you know, a lot of people, like myself, I, just, I get up in the morning thinking about deer. And that's a, a great topic because I said I just came in from hinge-cutting trees, and as soon as I'm off this interview, I'm going right back out to a different farm. And, you know, a lot of people think about food, but you don't really think about the bedroom part of it, you know, and the habitat and browse and, and all those kinds of things. So... You know, but I, I we hear it all the time too. I mean, we do so many you know appearances, and everyone's like, "Well, I got to shoot this two year old because I don't." My neighbor does, and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute, you're that neighbor you're talking about." <laughs> yeah, yeah. People get you know they use that as an excuse, and a lot of times, you know, if you're just a weekend hunter, a guy likes to go out and then sitting outside for a little bit. But if you, you know, if you want to up your game to the next level, you got to be thinking about everything. Yeah. Now, when you're out there and, and, and you have a, a lot of properties around the country where you hunt, now, if, do you have a checklist when you're going out to look at a piece of property? It must have this and this and this or a way that you can develop this and this and this? Yeah, and, and that's another good point because we just bought a piece in Illinois, which we've never, you know, all of our land that we buy, we had some in Kansas and then we sold that and everything's been in in Iowa, but now, you know, with EHD coming through here and stuff that, you know, all over the Midwest, basically, it's like, we got to be very careful on what we're shooting, and, and they need even more so than we ever have been, because there's a lot less of them, so that's why we're expanding over to Illinois, and it's just next door, and we just, and that was part of the process of going over there and looking at property over there, and okay, if we look at several different ones, that's how we decide on the one, but, you know, for me, it's got to have food, cover, and water, just like you're talking about, just like in your house, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you can make it perfect. It just has to have all those elements there that you can, you can vision it in your head anyway and see all those things coming up. You know, this particular piece didn't have like a big field available on it, you know, to hold deer like through the cold weather, like late season and all the way into like March. I like holding them until green up. 
but it did have a 30 acre piece of CRP right in the middle of the timber. Oh, wow. That was put into, that was put into trees, but I could buy it out and it's only been put in for like five years. So the trees in there are very small and I likely won't take out the entire 30 acres, but I, I went over there and just looked at it and, uh, you know, we mapped out how I want this bigger food plot shaped and things for wind direction and stay in sites and all that. So it worked out perfectly that it had that in there that I could take it out, buy out the CRP contract. Uh, you know, and that can only be done like when you when it changes hands. So it was perfect timing for us. Yeah, talk with uh, Lee Lukoski, crush with Lee and Tiffany. That is Sundays, uh, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You know, we we've talked to you dozens and dozens of times. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking with you last year. You're out planting a whole bunch of trees, and then you're hinging yep. trees, and then you're mowing, and you're burning, and you're planting. It's a whole process. I mean, this is really a year-round job, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I always tell people I kind of always compare it to golf. You don't go out on the golf course to learn how to golf. You spend a 1,000 hours on the driving range and a 1,000 hours on a putting green, and then you go to the, the golf course to see what you've learned. That's the same way hunting is. You don't, you know, when October 1st opens up, my my hunting season is basically over. I call my the summer months, my hunting season, that's when I do all the work and I find the deer I want to shoot and I <laughs> yeah. follow that deer. And when I get to, when I get to the actual hunting season, that's like going to the golf course. I just go see, did I do my homework? Did I practice hard enough? Did I, do I have a good plan? You know, so all the work is done now for me starting January 11th. This is the hunting season. It's fun. Yeah. Now you have had, uh, on, on your various pieces of property, a lot of trail cams set up on this new piece of property. Do you try to check out the inventory of what animals are there by setting up various, uh, uh, yeah. trail cams? Is that like the first thing you do is get in inventory, a lay of the land of what's there? Um, no, to be honest with you, really? I don't have the cameras over there at this point, because I've bought places before that hardly had any deer on them. And I don't care. It's got the cover. It's got everything right. I can bring the deer to me, and I will once everything is, you know, once we get further into the summer and once we start getting everything going. But even if there wasn't a single deer on it, I don't care about that because, like, our one farm that where I shot Narrows Barkley and Tiffany just shot Wally and that's where Starbucks was, I mean, PD, all these great deer, there wasn't even a deer on it. I mean, they drove the snot out of it. There wasn't a two-year-old alive. But I didn't care because it had the right cover and it had fields right in the middle of the timber, just like this Illinois place. And it had creeks and ponds and thick cedars and thick bedding areas. So this is perfect. You know, I, I can bring them here. And within three years, it was our best farm. You know, you just got to be able to vision that. And I don't care what's on it now. I just look at does it have what it takes to be able to build it into to what you want. And, of course, in Illinois, it's got good deer numbers and stuff. It won't be anything like we're used to in Iowa for the first couple of years, but we'll get it there. You bet. Hey, Lee, can you stick around for another part? Okay. Yeah, no problem. All right, so one more time, check out Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That is Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Big shout-out to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and Nissan. Got to get to a break. Second part with Lee Lukoski. Coming up next. Don't go anywhere. It's about the outdoors. It's the revolution with Jim and Trav. If it smells, it's definitely the revolution with Jim and Trav. The odoriferous kings of outdoor radio for over 15 years. This is the revolution with Jim and Trav. More next. Alaska to me is abundance. We have everything. You can forage or procure something at all times of the year in Alaska. For years, the Ewing family has been creating five-star meals. 
harvesting the bounty from nature's forgotten grocery store. If you know what to look for, you can find anything. This is a magical place. Alaska provides. This is the planet's ultimate test kitchen. Pretty much like an emergency. Catch Alaska's Wild Gourmet, Saturdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. Need a lightweight camp stove for your next adventure? The new Striker Series Stove from Camp Chef is the perfect solution. Two models of this single burner stove let you cook using propane or isobutane. The heat ring technology built into the stove's cookware lets you boil water in less than two minutes. And like everything else in the Camp Chef line, the Striker Series Stove is built tough. If you hike, paddle, hunt, or fish and cook while you do it, you're going to love the Striker Series Stove. Find it at your local sporting goods store or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Got an idea. Trust me. Now let's get back to the revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. And the two-parter with Lee Lakoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany. This is part two. Hey, we're back. This is the second part with Lee Lukoski. And, of course, he has a, a program called The Crush on Outdoor Channel. Yeah, uh, Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Outdoor Channel. This is the sequel. Oh, you know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you, you didn't sound real confident <laughs> well, there. Well, I, I, I may find out it's not. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, before the break, Lee, you alluded to the fact that uh, uh, you were just came in from hinge cutting. Hinge cutting some trees. Yeah. Why don't you explain to our audience exactly what hinge cutting is. Yeah, because you're actually laying those trees down. Yep. Trying um, to make some type of habitat. But you're not killing them. The leaves are actually staying on the trees and they'll keep coming back, won't they? Yeah. Um, I, we have several farms that are just wide open. And this particular one that we started on this year, you know, the road coming in, it's just so wide open. And there's two ways into it, but the one way that we go in, the, all the timber is so open. I mean, you see deer tails. I mean, you can just see them running out of there from 500 yards away. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I mean, you can see right through it. It's like a day near a golf course. And <laughs> none of the trees are all that big, like where there's timber value in there, but they're all like mid-sized. Like timber had been taken out a while ago. Now it's to that point where there's just such a canopy that nothing will grow underneath, but still none of the trees are even 16 or 18 inches in diameter. So you got to do something about it now. So like hinge cutting, that you just you leave, you know, a portion of that on there. A lot of, some of them will break off, of course, when you're doing them, but I'd say about 80% of the trees that we drop, you know, you get a good hinge on it and they'll continue to put on leaves and, and stuff for years. And that's what you want is that browse on the ground that we didn't have before. And of course, cover. So in some areas we went and just did like a giant area of everything is cut down, every tree in it. So you look up and the canopy is wide open. Mm-hmm. So those portions, all that sun's going to come in and not just the trees on the ground and the leaves on those trees, but you're also going to get the understory growing up in there too. So it's going to be really thick. So we do a lot of that, like for, you know, like the places where we drive in, like I said, where we can have a real ton of cover and even blocking cover. And then like out on some of the knobs that are farther back in that you can't see. Then up there, we go and do more bedding cover where you do several trees. It's not so much to open the canopy. It's more just to give them a good place to bed 
because it's like you, that particular farm, there's a big oak tree that fell in the storm. And every time you go in, there's six or eight, ten deer bedded around that big oak tree and has the leaves on it still. And you can just see how they, they feel safe around that cover of that one tree, but still they don't let you drive right past them, you know, where you need the whole thing. So we did a thousand or more yards all the way down that Holy road. Holy cow! But it was a lot of work. I mean, thousands of trees got down, but you look at you driving there now, it's like a tangled mess. You can't see ten yards off the road. You're like, okay, that's what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, but you're also creating habitat for other critters, you know, like uh, oh, rabbits sure. and pheasants. Ground and nesting birds, turkeys, and whatever. Everything. Exactly. And it's funny because, you know, you'd think, like, oh, geez, you know, it looks like you're making a mess, you know, taking all this down, but then we threw our, we flew our drone over the top, you know, just to get some aerial views of see what it looks like. And it's just like, it looks like the tiniest little spots compared to this <laughs> big timber you got there. And you're like, man, we can do way more than that because you look at it, it's not we don't have we don't have near enough yet, so you can see from the air really how much you haven't disturbed yet. You're like, boy, I got a lot of work to do over there. Yeah. Now we've talked about hinging trees, planting trees, food plots, this and that. Real quick before we get to a break, let's talk about actually managing the deer. How important mm-hmm. is it to take call bucks to manage the does? Is that something you guys do, or do you kind of let nature take its course? Really, you really can't, you know, on, on wild deer, it's very hard to control the, the genetics. I mean, if you were in a high fence, you take them all out, there'd be no influx or outflux of deer, and you can control that. But we see it. I mean, because I've been here long enough on these same farms to see different genetic patterns. Like at our house, we, where we got there, we had the best genetics inside points and six by sixes. I mean, that's where we had like our, we had our biggest deer ever at 240s and a 210. We had several 200s. Oh, you see those genetics, like all those fawns that they have get pushed out onto the neighbors, you know. So most of your good genetic, your fawns are getting pushed off onto neighboring property. They're not staying on yours. Mm-hmm. So then for several years, we started to see, oh, crappy eight points. Like, what happened to all our six by six? <laughs> yeah. You know, like eight points. I mean, you had some tens and decent ones, but those really high-scoring ones were gone for probably six or eight years. And now, all of a sudden, we start seeing them all coming back. So I think that those those fawns with the good genetics were pushed out on the neighbors, and then when they started having fawns, now they're getting, those fawns are getting pushed back to us. So those genetics always keep rolling through, and you see it all the time. I mean, I see it on every farm, and like we've had some of these for 15 years now, so you can look out through and look at the pictures. You can see traits, genetics, splits, stickers, forks, things run through and then come back. So I really don't think that you can control it as much as people think on wild herds. So we just let everything get to five, because even a a crappy eight point or even a six point or something at three years old, you're like, oh, let's take that out. You get that deer to five, and a lot of times, you know, even though it might always just be an eight point or six point, most of our eight points that we take that are, you know, five and six years old are always like 150 or even middle 50s, and sometimes even they throw stickers up and get them like their their growth score into the 60s. Wow. Everyone's thrilled about shooting a 150-inch eight point, but you're not so thrilled about shooting a 122-inch eight point. Yeah. You know, so we, we, we let them all go through just because they're, they're going to be trophy deer to somebody. I mean, that's why a lot of times I have, you know, friends and stuff come down and, and hunt with us and they're thrilled to shoot deer like that. But, you know, just to keep shooting them at eight points when they're younger, because we've had some eight points that have just blown up into giant eight points. We have some eight points that are like 170 inches. I mean, cause oh, they got, wow. they've got like fork twos and you know, giant brows, but then they're not clean eight. But who cares? So 
you know, you might be taking out genetics that you don't necessarily want to. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking about deer and deer hunting with Lee Lukoski, the Crush. That's right. Make sure you watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That is Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Now, Mr. Lee, to find out more about you and Miss Tiffany, and maybe your adventures with Mr. Cameron, (laughs) where can we find you guys online? Well, the best way is, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts, and those Tiffany is on there all the time. And then, of course, you can get a hold of us on, you know, through our needed anything through our website there's a contact us for right to it but uh, we're pretty easy to find you bet all right one more time that is crush with lee and tiffany sunday 7 30 p.m eastern time on outdoor channel big shout out to outdoor channel also sportsman channel and world fishing network gotta get to a break mr lee thank you so much buddy god bless you thank you you bet coming up next we've got grant woods with growing deer tv talking about growing deer hey there you go <laughs> uh grant woods coming up next he's on deck We seem normal until you get to know us. Stay tuned. The Revolution with Jim and Trav will continue right after this. Three, two, one, lines in. Major League Selects. The best sticks in the game are back for the most intense bass tournament on the water. Who's going to strike first? Dude, I am so jacked up right now. 24 will start, only six will advance. I make your heart race, boys. When you're at the top of your game, you like those odds. You got to keep your head in the game. You really can't think about the other guys. This is Major League Fish. You got to give them no hope. Major League Fishing's Geico Selects, Saturday at 2 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. You spent the entire morning in a blind, waiting for your shot. Then, missed it and spooked all the big game for miles. Every hunter dreams about the one that got away. And at silencershop.com, we make dreams come true. Shooting suppressed means there's no big bang, no violent recoil, and no watching your prize get away because you couldn't get off a follow-up shot. Want a trophy mount on your wall? Put a can on your rifle from silencershop.com. Making the world a quieter place. Introducing the fastest, most effective way to clean your gun barrel. The new Remington Squeegee. To use it, simply scrub your bore with a wire brush and a few drops of Remington's All-In Cleaner to loosen any fouling. Then attach your Remington Squeegee to the end of a cleaning rod or cable. And with one pull through the bore, you're done. Fast, easy, and completely reusable. Say goodbye to your father's old gun cleaning patches. And hello to 21st century gun care technology. Look for it at your favorite sporting goods retailer. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Nissan, Remington, and Silencer Shop. We're all showered up and ready to go. And by showered, we mean baby powder and Febreze. Now, here's Jim and Trav. Hey, we're back. Before the break, there was a two-parter with Ole Lukoski, and boy, I'll tell you what, our next guest knows a heck of a lot about growing deer. Yeah, but on Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, gotta watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Oh, yeah. Outdoor Channel. Watch oh, it. Bug hunt, baby. We like big butt. No, that's not it. I do have a big butt, though. <laughs> All right, so we're getting a jump start to the 2016 deer season on today's show. Just now being joined by my favorite doctor. That doctor is in. Dr. Grant Woods of Growing Deer TV. Now, uh, uh, during the break, uh, uh, Dr. Grant, uh, you know, we, we were talking, and you were telling us about your hunting co-op. Jimbo wanted to go buy grain. Yeah, I, I did. Chickens, maybe not. <laughs> no, no, tell us exactly, again, so our listeners understand, what is a hunting co-op for one? Uh, second of all, what are the benefits of a hunting co-op, and, and how can we start one for ourselves, man? 
Okay, so one of the most common questions I receive is how many acres do I need to manage deer? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I do a little work down on the King Ranch. It's 825,000 acres. Wow. And they still worry about neighbors. <laughs> so I, don't think, I don't think anyone owns enough land to not worry about neighbors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And realistically, you know, we, we all wish deer lived and died right in the center of our property, and I'm sure there's a bunch to do on the King Ranch, but most of us, that's not the case. Deer typically have an elliptical-shaped home range, and so even on my land, few deer, I think, live and die in the middle of it. I own a couple thousand acres. I share deer with my neighbors, and if we don't have the same goals, it can be very frustrating. So we started what we call a deer co-op, and, and I just want to say it's 100% voluntary. No one's changing money or there's no rules you don't have to play by the same harvest rules i have the goal is just to share education and information and and develop this like-minded community and you know so i have one neighbor mr zuwicki yeah that's really his name <laughs> he's going to shoot every three-year-old deer he sees and probably some twos and i'm holding out for fours but through this process i've seen mr zuwicki start passing up a few deer and you know asking more questions about food plots and joining me and through this co-op, I'm seeing great things happen. And again, no one's paying any money or, you know, I've signed a paper that says I will only do this or I'll only do exactly what Grant says, which I don't know why they wouldn't want to find that anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the co-op, and then, then what we found in addition to allowing some deer to get older and everyone kind of pulling the same rope is we're able to buy fertilizer and seed and stuff that we all need because there's so many of us that order so big, we get a little discount to go with it. And that may, of course, that makes everybody happy. Yeah. Now, now, you know, we all want to shoot that three plus, in your case, four plus deer, year old. And, and the fact of the matter is, when that buck first sprouts his first antlers, is that an indication of just how big he is uh, form-wise and, and function? Or is it just a, a starting point? You know, in the bullet right on down, myself and other researchers have radio collared a pile of spike bucks that were able to survive long enough to get four or five years old and become Boone and Crockett quality deer. Wow. Oh, holy and, cow. And, and, and when we're holding them as a 90-pound spike, we're going, man, we might as well thump this thing right now and, you know, because there's never going to be anything. Yeah. And, and there's great published research, we want to take this a little deeper, of, of researchers that have studied herds for many years, wild free-ranging herds, and had permits to do culling. They would shoot animals or remove animals from the herd that did not have desirable characteristics as a younger buck. And all that ever resulted from that was fewer bucks reaching older age classes. They never showed any increase in average antler size due to culling. Culling absolutely does not work in a wild, free-ranging deer herd. Talk with uh, Dr. Grant Woods of Growing Deer TV. Make sure you hop online, check him out, watch his videos, get his uh, e-blast at growingdeer.tv. So if our overall goal, Mr. Grant, is to have healthier, bigger bucks, would you say that the best tool to practice is patience? Don't pull the trigger. Over planting food plots, putting out minerals, so on and so forth, we should really just be practicing patience is that probably the, the best thing we can do in the whole in, in wildlife management as a whole? Is that the most essential? I, I agree 100%. I tell people all the time the most critical thing in deer management is the half inch of the index finger on the right hand, <laughs> 86% of the hunters, because 14 people roughly are left handed. That half inch of the trigger finger 
is more important. And you guys, you guys know I love habitat work and food loss, prescribed fire, yeah. all that stuff. But more important than all that, no, no matter how much we feed a yearling buck, no matter what we do, protect them, whatever, they're only going to be so big. And, and, and I'd share with people one of my graduate student questions. I had this really wicked, vile, non-teasing major professor. And, and, of course, her job is to make your life miserable. I can say that because I'm on the other side of death now. <laughs> and, and when I got to my Ph.D. prelims, one of his questions was, what was the age structure and sex ratio to deer before European settlement? Their sex ratio of their harvest was 50-50. They killed equal number of bucks and does. Wow. Years and years and years and years. Even more stunning to me. Over 50% of the bucks they killed, three and a half years old and older. Really? Now, there's the deal. I mean, they're hungry. Mama wants some new moccasins. Need to first for a big dance Saturday night. They shooting the first deer they got within seven yards. They weren't picky. There was no magazines. There was no ego. Wasn't a form they could brag on. They were just getting an arrow or a spear or whatever they could in the first deer they got within range. And their harvest structure was better and better for the deer herd than any state in America right now. And we all got Dortex. And, you know, in a Stanley <laughs> coffee mug, and, you know, heated insoles and stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So the birth rate of deer is about 50-50. If it's, if it's 48-52, something's wrong. I mean, fawns are just born right at 50-50. So, so we've kind of, you know, got antler crazy and kind of messed up the deer. But the great news is a lot of areas are bringing it back around to a more natural. I define natural as pre-European settlement before we got here with the ego. And, and the more natural deer herd is coming back around by people passing up bucks and harvesting an adequate number of does to balance that sex ratio. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Dr. Grant Woods. Of course, he has Growing Deer TV. And, of course, he's now preaching abstinence. That's right. Now, Mr. Grant, where can we find you online? You've got Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Where can we find it, buddy? Yeah, man, just, if you just Google Growing Deer or Grant Woods, you will find it. That's the easiest way. Dr. Google will get you to it. That's right. If you listen to anybody, listen to Dr. Grant Woods, extremely smart man. That is growingdeer.tv. Look him up. Follow this man. You'll learn stuff. Big shout out, though, to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Remington, and Nissan. Got to get to a break. Mr. Dr. Grant Woods, dude, thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you all. You bet. Hey, coming up next is Freddie Hartize. He is the hottie. He is the Hollywood Hunter. He's the hottie, too. (laughs) There you go. He's coming up next, but first, here's Mrs. Bunny. Don't go anywhere. Mrs. Bunny has 30 seconds or less to give you a chronic wasting disease update, and it's brought to you by Nissan. I'm Mrs. Bunny with a chronic wasting disease update. With more than 50 confirmed cases of chronic wasting disease found in Arkansas so far, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission says it expects a lower turnout for the 2016 deer hunting season. The most common cause of concern came from the public wondering if their processed meat was okay to consume. Hunters should take extra precaution not to include any spinal cord or lymph node in the meat and it should be okay. I'm Mrs. Bunny and don't let CWD deter your fall hunting ambitions. Take the revolution wherever you go. We like road trips and trucks and guns and beer. (laughs) Where was I? Oh yeah. Hit up all things revolution at JimandTrav.com. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snacking sticks, buckboard bacon, camp meals, rubs and shakers, marinades and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Hotel, Hawaiian Hotel. 
Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, sponsored by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. You would think after 15 years of broadcasting together, Jim and Trav would get tired of one another. Feel that love? Now, let's get back to the boys. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh you. What are we doing on today's show? Hey, I'll tell you what. We just got back, and, you know, before the break, we heard from old uh, Bunny and old, uh, what's his name? A whole bunch of people are old on today's show. Dr. Grant Wood's growing we beard did TV. Hear, did I say Dr. Grant Wood? No, you didn't. Well, I wanted You to. said old, what's his name? <laughs> well, that should have said it all. Yeah, we're getting a jump start to the 2016 deer season on today's show, but we want to tell you, boys and girls, about the Dish Network Free Preview. This is pretty cool, man. Check it out. Sportsman Channel and World Fishing Network. We always watch those. You're going to get a free one. They will be available to all Dish subscribers uh, for a free preview over the next few weeks. Uh, the two outdoor sportsman group networks will be accessible to Dish customers so they can enjoy the sights, the smells, the sounds, the thrills of the networks uh, over the next uh, second quarter programming lineup. Kind of like the smells in the studio? Uh, not that bad. <laughs> uh, anyways, tune in to Channel 394 for World Fishing Network and Channel 395 for Sportsman Channel uh, through May 11th. And remember, Eva Shockey's going to do it. That's a good deal. If she's going to do it, you should do it too. That's right. All right, so we're just now being joined by Mr. Freddie Hartice. He is the Hollywood Hunter. Make sure you check it out and watch it. On Sportsman Channel. On Sportsman Channel. Mr. Coming up in Q3 and 4. Yeah, Mr. Freddie, how's it going, dude? Oh, doing so great. Thank you for taking the time today. Excited to be with you guys. Yeah, what all wild animals have you seen out in California just this morning? A lot of oh, wild people, I On guess. On Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. I've seen all different types of people this morning. Uh, whatever you could imagine, I've pretty much seen, which is great. But I did also see a coyote this morning. Yeah, it right carried here. a lot of people over the border, right? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you got it, buddy. You got it. That was funny. What's your dream? I like that. All right, you know, question for you. Everybody, when they think of deer hunting, everybody's like, oh, why tell this? Why tell that? And kind of everybody disses the mule deer. But also, I mean, they're plight. That's what I want to focus on right now. Let's take a look at Wyoming for a second. I think it was back in 1991 or something. Their population was 578,000. Currently, they've dropped more than 36% at 369,000. But let's take wow. that to Colorado. 
Um, that's got to be close to you, buddy. Uh, I think it was yeah. ni- uh, 1983. 625,000 mule deer, currently less than 390,000. What do you attribute this to, Freddie? That's when Freddie bought the wow. ranch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we've been, we've been very fortunate. You know, when we bought our ranch, the Hartice Ranch in, in 1995, we, we, it was really hard to find a deer track in the snow. That's how very few deer there were. But oh, wow. we realized that if we can really uh, knock out some of these predators, you know, get them off of the deer's back and, and really help the deer along when it comes to habitat improvements, and baby those deer a little bit, it, things could change. And and over a 20-year period, as, as we've taken that ranch from almost no deer to where it is today, we've been able to, you know, I could drive you guys around and within a few hours see 100 different bucks. But, oh. but really, I attribute that to uh, predator control is a big part of that because there's a lot more predators out there than you would ever believe in. And living here in the state of California, some people – you know, wouldn't like the fact that I hunt lions in all these other states, but hunting lions is probably one of the most valuable things we can do to be able to help the mule deer population because they are more of a timid, more of a, 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 a laid back deer, uh, within the, you know, within the deer species, that subspecies is, is probably the most laid back and, and on decline in areas where we're not protecting them from predators. Yeah. Now, of course, predators is a very, very uh, uh, important part of the whole ecosystem. But the fact of the matter is, when you're talking about taking mountain lions, most people don't realize that a mountain lion will kill like 100 to 120 deer a year. If it's a female teaching its young how to kill, they will just go out there and teach it to kill and maybe not even consume it. And so you could have anywhere from 120 to 240, 260 deer a year just out of their territory, and that can range like 20 miles in any direction. That's a big dent. Yeah, that really is. I, I love how educated you guys are. It's so amazing. I love listening to you because you, you teach me so many things as well. But, <laughs> yes, on average, they, they kill a deer a week uh, or an elk a week, and then you know while they're raising their young, they're teaching them how to hunt. And just last week, one of my caretakers called me and said they found a, a, a calf elk that was just killed by a lion that was just let go, you know, I mean, just laying there. So, I mean, yes, it's very true. They do kill sometimes for fun. And, you know, I love predators. And, yes, there's a role for them and a place for them in the ecosystem. But you also need to keep them in check because that's really a, a good part of the decline in, in the mule deer specifically. Yes. You know, one, one thing that kind of just hacks me off is you you hear all these antis. And they're up in arms about hunting mountain lions, about hunting bears, wolves, coyotes, whatever. You never hear them say anything about the pheasant population or the deer population or the the elk. You know, it, it's talking about predators. That's what they seem to mainly focus on. You know, why aren't they concerned with all wildlife as a whole, not just species specific? That's a, that's a great question. I think the problem is they have all the answers and haven't asked the questions yet. You know, they, they have this preconceived notion that, you know, that that to save all the predators. And, and the bottom line is you look at um, California alone. I was, I, I did a bear hunt out here a couple of years ago and I was up in the big bear area. And as I wandered around in five days, I saw one deer, oh, wow. I saw one deer in five days. And on, on trail camera, I saw four different lions on oh. trail camera. And, and to me, it was like, wow, this is crazy to see how, you know, it, it's, it's so out of whack because they, they want to, 
preserve everything, but in the process of preserving everything, they don't put the, some of these predators in check. In turn, the deer population is on a major decline. So, yeah, to me, that's frustrating. But at, at the end of the day, when we look at the facts, the facts are the best uh, way of preserving wildlife is through, you know, the humans that, that take part in conservation through hunting. And through hunting, we do preserve and conserve through the dollars that come and, and the studies that are taken in aerial, you know, flying, uh, you know, different properties to be able to calculate and, and understand the numbers of animals that are in those areas. To me, that's, that's where the value is. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Freddie Hartice, and of course, he is the Hollywood Hunter. That's right. Make sure you watch him on Sportsman Channel. Now, Freddie, to find out more about you, coming episodes, your lineup uh, later this year, social media, all that good stuff. Where can we find you online, buddy? HollywoodHunter.tv. Everything's there, and really appreciate the support. All right. Big shout out to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Remington, and Nissan. Got to get to a break. Mr. Freddie, you're so awesome, man. God bless you. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. We'll pick up the phone and call 785-846-7647. That's 785-846-7647. Jim and Trav will continue right after these messages. It's four ducks in a row. Let the game begin. Monday nights on Outdoor Channel. I don't have any feathers. Followed by the hit original series, Carter's War. Man, this is like some kind of deal out of Hollywood. Boom! That's what I'm talking about. Mission accomplished. We'll take it. There's still hope for America. Relive the Duck Dynasty phenomenon. That'll make Phil happy, happy, happy. Duck Dynasty, two full hours. Mondays starting at 7 on Outdoor Channel. Come back and save me. And watch new episodes Wednesdays on A&E. Goodbye. Tell those freaks that the show's over. This concludes another exciting episode of The Revolution with Jim and Trav. The conversation is always on at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out and plant some deer seeds. Uh, you should do that. I'm going to plant some tweez uh, with <laughs> Lee Lukoski, Freddie Hartice, Dr. Grant Woods, and Mrs. Bonnie. Thanks, guys. You betcha. Great show. Yeah, and we want to uh, thank our 445 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes a show possible like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, or producer Mark Paneri and Frank the Sound Guy. All right, so get outdoors this weekend and take some kids with you. Introduce them to the outdoors like uh, Mother Nature. Here's Brad. Brad, <laughs> go shoot a deer. Uh, local news and weather is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We love you. So does Jesus. Next week, we're going to be talking about all things wild game cuisine. Ooh, I love cooking. going to be a great show. All right, peace out, guys. Mrs. Bunny, last word. See you later. Bye. Love you. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.